Welcome to RLF Radio, the only show that helps young baseball players and their parents prepare for high school athletics and beyond. Brought to you by the Ryan Lemon Foundation, with your hosts, Dick Owens, Guy Lemon. Good evening, everybody. This is Guy Lemon from the Ryan Lemon Foundation, and my cohort tonight is is the infamous Dick Owen. Dick, thanks for being here. Hey, it's great to be here. we got a great guest today. Everybody should be listening to this one, I guarantee you. Yeah, this one will be of interest to uh, anyone from who are seven or eight years old on up through actually young adults and adults and parents as well. We'd like to introduce uh, a gentleman that's currently been with the Angels organization, the Los Angeles Angel organization, for the past five years in their fitness training thing on the minor league side. Uh, we'd like to introduce you to Adam Auer. Adam, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, gentlemen. And I know right now, with your season kind of coming into into a quiet time, we appreciate you taking the time. You've just been off a of vacation up north, and so we appreciate you being here to uh, kind of help people out. And, and, and specifically, I guess we'll Unfortunately, get... it's vacation yeah. time for them. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, we should be uh, yeah. in the playoffs. Yeah, but be that as it may, uh, for everybody, Adam's background, and I'll let you kind of describe your background, but he's everything about physical fitness. So, Adam, why don't you start by just telling your professional background, um, education, and then uh, what you're currently doing for the Angels as a reference point to all the questions we're going to be talking about. Sure. I, uh, I grew up in Waterloo, Ontario, Canada. I played baseball and basketball as a, as a kid growing up, but uh, I was fairly specialized in baseball. You know, basketball was just kind of a, a hobby, something to take up some time in between baseball season and kind of bridge the gap. But uh, I ended up playing college baseball at Saracoso Community College. It's a small junior college in Southern California. And then uh, I went on to play at a four-year school, CSU Pueblo, which is uh, Division Two in Southern Colorado. Uh, there I got my BS in sociology and exercise science. And I also got a, uh, a K through 12 teaching certificate. But throughout college and uh, and whatnot, I uh, I always helped out coaching baseball at the youth levels, um, running camps, and you know, kind of always had my my hands in on the uh, strength and conditioning aspect of the athletes that I was coaching as well. So that was always of you know great interest to me. Yeah. And, as of 2013, I started my current position with the LA Angels. In those five years, I've worked my way up to our AA position. So last year, I was in the Texas League, and this year we uh, switched affiliates. So I was in the Southern League in uh, Mobile, Alabama. I know when it thought I thought it was interesting when we had a chance to talk earlier and just about your background that the Angel organization has a strength and fitness coordinator for each minor league club and then a, an overarching coordinator of all strength and conditioning from the major league level on down. Just touch on that for a minute. I mean, because I think what's relevant is to realize for people listening the degree by which the Angels and other major league teams invest in the process of strength and conditioning. They don't expect players to do it on their own. They expect to have trainers. So just touch on that for a minute, the, the, the breadth of uh, the Angels' commitment to strength and conditioning. Yeah, I think in kind of overarching to that is the the uh, commitment from Major League Baseball, you know, and over the last 10 years especially, we've we've seen a, a great increase in 
the number of strength coaches, having a strength coach at every level, having a minor league coordinator, a big league, a big league uh, strength coach, um, and having just all of those opportunities available for for the athlete during the season. So um, we have our uh, our big league strength coach and assistant strength coach to the big league guy, and then we have a minor league strength and conditioning coordinator or performance coordinator. And then at each of our levels, AAA, AA, high A, or advanced A, low A, and both of our rookie ball positions, we have a strength coach at those at those affiliates. So um, it's really of a benefit to, to the players to have that um, with them all year round. And just as a reference point, Adam, you travel with that team, right? So if it's a AA team or AAA or whatever it might be, you're going with them everywhere they go play, right? So you're traveling on a bus, everywhere. and you guys don't take many plane rides, I wouldn't think. But maybe not in double A. Not, not double A. We, uh, <laughs> in double A, we use uh, we use the bus, and it's anywhere from you know a forty-five minutes commuter to uh, an eight-hour trip north up to Tennessee. <laughs> you know, so I get the to ride on all the bus rides. See, it's fun stuff. See, kids and, and parents don't realize uh, what it is like in the minor leagues. It's a little bit different than what we see on TV. Well, and we could probably spend a whole session just telling stories about what happens at, between and after the games and the bus rides, but that'll be for another day. You, you know, and this probably will get us into the detail, just as you described the commitment, the financial commitment, and the, and the manpower commitment at the professional level. Obviously, most of our listeners are high school kids and junior high kids that are trying to move on some high schools have a strength coordinator other high schools don't some players are trying to get into high school and may not have access to any training so we hope in tonight's discussion we're going to orient things on the one hand to let people realize what is happening at the professional level in terms of the commitment to strength and conditioning and then also try to reference it back and take advantage of adam's knowledge and apply things irrespective of your personal financial circumstance whether you have access to a gym you may not um, whether you have access to a personal trainer or a fitness coach at the high school level hopefully the information you get tonight will be applicable at several levels um, and, and that's probably a good place to start um, I know there's, we, we, we break it down between preseason, in-season, and after-season. We're right now in at the high school and junior high level. We're in the preseason mode, even though really gets more involved in preseason in the January, February. What, what things, if, you're, if the, these questions are predominantly oriented to the high school player and, and the junior high yeah. player, in, in that regard, what, what things would you describe are important for guys to be doing in the off-season um, in, in this in this preseason preparation between now and, say, February when, when baseball in California gets going and through most of the Sunbelt um, states across the nation. What do you think are the kinds of things that guys should be focused on in this preseason uh, time period? Well, I think that I guess currently I would say we're kind of we're kind of postseason, preseason. I would hope that, you know, if the season kind of ended around the same time our minor league season ended, which would be August, that those kids take take some time to be kids, you know, and and really enjoy enjoy the off season or the transition into preseason, um, and really take the opportunity to just be active, you know, whether they're um, walking, hiking, biking, swimming, you know whatever it is that they're 
that they're kind of getting out of the movement patterns that they had been so deeply entrenched in for the season. Right. Does the that one, make sense? Yeah, and the one thing here, and we've noticed at least in California and, and it's across the nation as well, schools are starting earlier, so we've got kids now going back to school in mid-August. Um, you know, and they've just finished their summer ball basically the end of July, so they have like one or two weeks yeah. these days to even do anything, and it's really difficult. So yeah. so if it's an off-season kind of environment, would you say the focus, and again, to the high school player and so on, should be to the degree that he, he wants to work out after taking a, a, a break and just, you know, kind of being a, a teenager, um, to focus more on cardio, to focus more on weight training and i know when, specifically when we get into weight training there's there's a lot of different ways to do weight training um yeah. and then nutrition I, you know touch on all three in the off season where do you where do you think the emphasis ought to be between cardio strength and uh, nutrition what your thoughts in those three categories sure. i think that that once you once you've kind of had that time to be a kid and kind of decompress and and you're you're starting that preseason preparation we generally start into it's called general physical preparedness. So we're focusing on more work capacity and an increase in rep ranges, more more so endurance-based capacity. And at this stage, we're trying to expose the athlete, again, to as many movements in all planes as possible to kind of reinforce the, the technique um, of the basic rudimentary movements that we're going to be using later on. So if we can put together the pieces, we would work on, you know, kettlebell swings and rack pulls above the knees, below the knees, all preparing towards the, the deadlift. Or lunge, lunge work, forward, backward, step-ups to um, prepare ourselves and then to a goblet squat to prepare ourselves for the squat movement, which would be um, coming later on in the subsequent month. Okay, well, let's let's break that down because I, I I recognize some of those terms, but a lot of people may not. So, so do you think just on the cardio side, would you say guys should be working on sprints, running longer distances, not at all? Is that just sort of a, um, cardio is just a baseline? Let's just talk just cardio for a minute. Okay, just cardio. Cardio is cardio is difficult for for us as far as as baseball work goes because we don't necessarily work aerobic capacity it's it's oh. a very anaerobic sport but i would i believe that you know being able to uh walk whether it's um on an inclined treadmill um pairing that with some feet elevated stretching and circuit training for regeneration um let's, let's break that one down circuit circuit, athlete, circuit training regeneration what is give me that, that give me that, that in layman's terms <laughs> Circuit training regeneration. So we would uh, just pair multiple multiple exercises and and complete them sequentially, um, rather than focusing on just the dumbbell bench press or just the squat. We would have multiple exercises. Um, where, where you go back to back to back to try and raise the heart rate? Is yeah. that so, yeah? So we would try to we would try to get that heart rate between 120 to 150 beats per minute to condition the heart the heart's a muscle as well um and we, we want to be able to condition the heart um but for us in baseball since it's such a an explosive sport you're going from swinging a bat to sprinting 90 feet 
You know, we, we want to make sure that when we are conditioning, I guess, that it's specific to what we're trying to attain um, in the goals of sport. So, so we would work on more short burst, short burst accelerations and things of that nature. So as an example, if on this uh, cross-training curls and triceps, I mean, I think everybody knows what a curl is. Every guy knows what a curl is. That's the guns you want to show off, and the tricep yeah. is going the other way, and a shoulder press and a chest press. W- would you do those four as an example, one exercise, and then the next, and do those four and come back and do a second circuit? Would, would that be the way to do it, or do you do three sets of ten reps of a curl and then do three sets of ten on the try in in that regard to just getting your heart rate up how, how would you do, do that um during that preseason we're trying to when we're trying to reset i would i would generally try to group multiple exercises together rather than just focusing on on one specific exercise okay does that make sense so i wouldn't do right. three sets of 10 on my bicep curls or my chest press i might have a reverse lunge paired with a kettlebell swing paired with a chest press and some sort of rowing. Now, the kettlebell is, is, is the actual body, bell, correct? full body circuit. Pardon me? I'm sorry. The kettlebell is the actual bell that you would buy at a store, right? That yeah. Would be, that's the kettlebell. What, right. Because some people may not know what that, that is. And you would oh, buy. Okay. There's different weights on that, of course, that you can buy. Correct. And and again, that mechanic again for people that don't know, you kind of you're standing up, you spread your legs apart, you bend at the waist, um, and it's, it's a hip hinge. It's a yeah, hip hinge and, and then you're you're swinging it out in front of your body from behind your legs on the ground and Correct. kind of thrusting your hips your hips forward. Correct. And and, and I we're I know trying to, we're trying to get some some posterior chain activation, so our glutes and our our hamstrings, and then we're working into that hip extension. So we're really focusing on squeezing the glutes as that kettlebell raises from between our legs up towards our midsection. And, and does this hold true, Adam, pretty much for whether you're a pitcher or uh, an outfielder or infielder? Are this exercise is pretty much the same, or are they vary by position? As, as we get more specific into athletic abilities, right. as far as Position-wise goes, I, w- I wouldn't necessarily have a catcher doing the same exercises as as an outfielder. Right. I mean, they would they would be doing many of the same exercises, but there may be a different focal point right. for each of them. Okay. Well, how, how just on, in general, how, what would be the generalized differences between, say, a catcher and an outfielder? I mean, I assume infielders sort of fit within the line of, or is that a third category? Infielders, outfielders. Yeah, that would that would be a third category. Um, how what, just and us, to generalize? How how would you generalize the differences between those three uh, position types? I would I would generally look at you know a catcher is is down in a squat position. They they quite often sit in that. I mean, they sit in that position for for the whole game. I mean, aside from getting up. So you think about the number of squats that, that that catcher actually does. Even though they're unloaded, they're still squatting possibly 
you know, 140 times a game, 150 times a game. So a much greater uh, emphasis on, on squatting and that rep to be able to, to your do glutes that. and hamstrings, right? Right. So, so I might train, I might train a, a catcher a little bit differently and focus on um, more hip extension exercises rather than hip flexion because when they're in that squat position, they're in a hip flex position. So quite often their their quads, hip flexors, so as all part of that anterior chain is going to be more active than the posterior chain. So we want to maybe focus a little bit more. Again, it's going to be fairly similar to what an outfielder is doing, but we would focus a little bit more on posterior chain work and that hip extension motion. Posterior, that's the backside of the body. Correct. Do I have that backwards? Post, <laughs> posterior is it's one of those sides. One of those. I know. It's, I know it was either front or back. <laughs> yeah, I, I had a fifty-fifty chance of getting it right at it. The, the, let's go back one step. Stretching. I've heard the term static stretch, active stretch, and dynamic stretch. Are, are those are, are those the correct terms? And for anybody that doesn't know what those are, if I got them right, can you explain the differences and then why you do one versus another and when do you do them? Before you work out, after you work out? Because I assume stretching is a very important integral of, of uh, strength and conditioning. Speak to speak to the whole concept of stretching in those three terms. Stretching stretching is definitely, definitely important, but we want to make sure that, that the tension of our muscles isn't lost. So there's... there's uh, and very, I mean, it's very important to have tension within that muscle. So if you sit in a static stretch position over and over and over again, we lose that length-tension relationship. We want to kind of keep some tension in there. So generally, I would say that before before your training, we would use um, SMR, which is self-myofascial release, which Okay, put, the, put that into layman's from, language. What does that mean? Uh, foam, foam roll. Okay, and for those okay. that don't know, that's a that, that's uh, anything that just kind of rubs across the arm, and it would be a, something a foam roll that literally is like six inches around, um, probably yep. three feet in width, right. and you roll the muscle over it. And the purpose behind that is is to do what? It breaks down the muscle fiber. Yeah, we're gonna just break up tissue that has become locked down, and could possibly inhibit the range of motion. So if you feel if you feel like you have a knot in a certain spot on your quad, you might roll over it for 30 seconds to a minute to try to break up that tissue a little bit so it moves a little bit more freely. Got it. So fo- foam rolling, and, and obviously that's not it. And then you would go into some kind of stretching? And, again, all of this is pre-workout? This- yeah, so you can use a foam roll or a lacrosse ball if you need to trigger point a little bit more acutely. Um, and find that that one specific spot that's really that's really bothering you. And again, for those that don't know that, that's something small. That's like a uh, racquetball, only it's harder. Yeah. Right. And you yeah. sit on yeah. it, or lay on it, or put it up against Cross a wall. Ball, and, baseball, softball, and, and whatever you, whatever you have available. Yeah, and it, and it, and you roll on that, and it really isolates the area that's that's sore and tender. What, what about static stretches versus dynamic and active stretch? What, what do you? How do you guys uh, differentiate those? Do you use all three? Do you use one? What's your? I would, I would generally use a um, static stretch post post lift. So after after you've stressed the tissue and it's contracted, you want to put a little bit of length back in it and kind of relax the tissue. Um, 
And then as far as dynamic, dynamic stretching, dynamic movements, um, we generally do those before. You could do that before a lift. We generally do it before we go onto the field um, for baseball activity. So that would be like our A skips and our bounds and um, any sort of dynamic movement. We generally try to keep our uh, our stretches pre-baseball, pre-baseball activity to around 10 to 12 minutes and, and just keep the the uh, the athletes moving, uh, increasing that heart rate and kind of preparing their body for for the baseball activity ahead. Well, you know, it's, it's one thing, and, and Adam, we're, we're running out of time, we, we, and I want to follow up with a couple of questions, and then we've, are you able to come back next week? Is that, because we've got a lot more stuff we'd like to go over. Are you, are you available <laughs> yeah. next week to, uh, to chat some more? If you want me back, I'd be glad to. Absolutely, we want you back. Yeah, there's, there, we, we haven't even gotten through half of the, the page of questions, but just to finish the, the stretching thing, tell me what, uh, define what a static stretch is. I think I know, but I want to just make sure the listeners understand what a static stretch is as compared to a dynamic stretch. That would, that would be just, you know, sitting, sitting on your, on your bottom and, and reaching to your toes and, and just, staying statically in that position. So you're not moving. For 10 seconds, for a minute, for four minutes, what, is there a magic time? Because I would assume it's more than 10 seconds, and a couple of minutes is probably better than 10 or 15 seconds. Am I right? Or Yeah, we, we would generally stay in, in positions for anywhere from 30 seconds to a minute. Okay. Because okay. I, I know that most young kids, parents, it's like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm 12 years old, I'm limber as heck. But I suspect that what you're saying is it's still stretching is a very important component of the whole weightlifting strength training process sure absolutely well i know what what we'd like to do when you come back next week is get a little bit more into some of the in-season stuff and then talk a little bit about weight training specifically things like every kid wants to go you know gee i maxed out on my bench press you know (laughs) low number of reps high weights as against high reps low weights why do you do one versus another and then fundamentally lifting the hands. I don't want the answers now because those are some of the things we're going to go over because I've seen people and in nutrition. Gym. We didn't get into that and, a little and bit. nutrition. I want to go through a little bit of that. And hydration and sleeping. So because I know on the lifting, I see guys lifting and they, they, they grunt and they groan and they lift it three times and then they're done. And I'm guessing you're going to suggest that that may not be the right thing, that the mechanics are important. So with that, Adam, I, I appreciate you being here. Uh, Adam is the strength and cor- conditioning coordinator for the uh, Los Angeles Angels in their in their minor league program. Um, th- thank you very much for being here, and we'll uh, arrange to have you back next week, Adam. So, again, thank you very much for, uh, for being here. Thanks for having me, gentlemen. I appreciate it. No problem. And with that, everyone, this is Guy Lemon and Dick Owen signing off for the Ryan Lemon Foundation. And as we will remind you every week, keep swinging for the fences. Thank you.